The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Welcome to Trouble Tuesdays here on Passion, the night I reserve to answer your questions, a, a space for you to vent if you'd like. We can talk about sex, we can talk about your relationship, we can talk about your anxiety and anything else that y- you are going through right now. You can text me at 514-800. Of course, you can also call me at 514-790-0800. I'm sure you've heard the reports that um, conjugal violence is on the rise during the pandemic, which makes sense. Couples are confined together, uh, working from home together. It's easier to escalate, for violence to escalate in situations like this. And I want you to know about a very important organization uh, that is here to help those experiencing uh, any form of conjugal violence. And that organization is SOS Violence Conjugale. You know it. I give, I give the number out rather frequently on the show. And they have developed some new services because it has been difficult, you know, before when the, the abusive partner went to work or what have you, there was a bit more freedom. Now freedom seems to be much more restricted. So, or getting help is more, maybe a bit more difficult. So here to talk about that with us is the clinical coordinator of SOS Violence Conjugale, Claudine Thibodeau. Hi, Claudine. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you very much for having me. So what's been happening? Uh, We know that uh, conjugal violence has always been around, for sure. But what have you noticed in terms of uh, the pandemic? Has it been more difficult for people to reach out? What's the feedback you're getting? Of course, it's been a lot harder. Um, What we noticed at at the beginning is that many resources were caught off guard. Uh, They didn't know how to react to this situation. Shelters closed down for the first few days because they weren't sure what they had to implement to keep their residents and the children that were already there safe from people who might come in with the virus. Uh, So many things had to be set up in a record amount of time. Uh, And the the fact that um, um, the regions were, were sort of closed down Mm-hmm. So, you, so women couldn't move from region to region. That's a problem for us because oftentimes, uh, say if there's no space in Montreal, it's no problem for us. We're going to select a shelter in another region, right. close or far. Uh, and then we we started having that problem where uh, women couldn't uh, move from region to region. So that was another problem. Uh, so um, many things happened all at once. Uh, there, there was a lot of uh, teamwork mm-hmm. <laughs> that was put in effect between the resources with us uh, throughout Quebec. Uh, and, and new services were put up. And uh, these new services that we've been working on, they were already in the works, uh, but we sped them up. <laughs> so, Everything. Uh, Everything had to be sped up. It's 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 amazing. Everything. Yeah. Yes, of, of course. Um, but it was it's a very difficult situation because, uh, for instance, when the lockdown happened, uh, there was a loss of safe spaces for victims of intimate partner violence. Mm-hmm. Uh, safe spaces like work or mm-hmm. school or even running errands. You know, it's it's places where you have time where you're away from the violence, where you're right. out of reach or not as much in reach from right. the violent partner. So and not and not being and not being observed by the violent partner constantly. Exactly. Right. So uh there was a great loss there because many times when when 
when women are victims of intimate partner violence, uh, or anyone for that matter, uh, when they're out in their lives and they're stuck in that situation because it's very hard to uh, get out of because it's very complicated, uh, they need places where they can sort of catch a breather, where they can build themselves back up, mm-hmm. uh, spaces where they can have positive social contact. Even if it's someone in the library or someone you talk to in Walmart or yeah. uh, your colleague at work with whom you have just a positive chit-chat about over nothing, it's still it's of great importance to victims of intimate partner violence because right. it may be the only positive interactions mm. that they get. Hmm. Uh, so when the lockdown happened, a lot of victims lost a lot, uh, and the children as well. So that was one big thing that we saw. Uh, It made it harder for victims to reach us. Uh, You know, we're always available by phone 24-7, but, you know, it's hard to call in a a, a house where the the person is and the the violent partner is and the children are. Uh, and there was a lot of uh, situations that were brought to our knowledge of, of where, you know, the lockdown, it became a lock-in for some victims, mm-hmm. where where uh, the, the staying home for safety became uh, forced to stay home, not even allowed to go out for walks, for example. You know, a lot a, of us relied on walks to yeah. get our... They our became funny. prisoners. They became prisoners exactly. in their own four walls. Exactly. It, staying home essentially became sort of forcible confinement for some victims. Yeah. Right. It became a justification for increased coercion, like, and you said it in your intro. Uh, there's there was a great deal of escalation in situations where there was already some forms of mm-hmm. partner violence, but it may have become worse or maybe more often. Right. Uh, so it was very hard for some. Also, um, situation of the coronavirus added stress to a situation of trauma. So. For present victims, but also for past victims of intimate partner violence that are still in situations of trauma, when you add the stress of the coronavirus, it increased the hardness or like mm. the hardships. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, because at SOS, of course, we're present for present victims of violence, but also for past victims. Right, right. Uh, so we had an increased number of calls also uh, for, for that. And um, uh, well. we also had an increased number of people trying to reach us through uh, email mm-hmm. because they couldn't call. Right. So they would write us, uh, but we weren't there 24-7 by email. We answered as fast as we could, uh, usually within 24 hours, um, but that's, that's not fast enough in right. some situations. Right. Right. Uh, so that's why we sped up the development of our online chat uh, and text uh, services. So this is, tell us about that, the, the chat and text services. Well, since Monday, uh, our services, our chat and uh, uh, text message services are available. Uh, It's not 24-7 for the time being, uh, but it's from 2.30 p.m. until 10 Mm -hmm. Uh, p.m. To reach us by text, there's a special number for that. It's Mm 438-601-1211. So you would go on your your phone and and text that number, and Mm -hmm. someone will be there to answer. To reach us by chat, it's on our website at SOS. Conjugal.ca, mm-hmm. and the, on the first page you see uh, the way to reach uh, the, the, the chat service. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially, it's sort of a way to get in touch with us before you call or if you can't call. Right. And the number, the, the regular number to call to reach somebody 24-7 is what? It's one 800 363 90 
10. Okay, perfect. So we'll repeat those numbers again uh, throughout the show. Very important work that you do. Where do you, how can people support SOS Violence Conjugale? Is it completely government funded? It's, it's government funded as far as the helpline goes. Okay. Uh, but for new services such as the chat services and the, the, the text message services, those right now, we have sort of a project going on. Uh, so we have the money to run it 40 hours a week until the end of March. But of course, we're, we're going to have to find some other solutions mm. then. So uh, you can make a donation on our website. There's a button right there on the first page that says Good donate idea. now. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, every, every money we get goes towards programs that are meant to help women and children get to safety when they're experiencing intimate partner violence. We're trying to build bridges and build gaps and Mm -hmm. and, uh, help with different services. Uh, For example, we're uh, in the first stages of developing a new program where we're going to be able to help women who have animals uh, get a oh, safe yeah. space for their animal mm-hmm. if they want to go to a shelter. Because right. You don't think bring... about all those things, right? It's like yes. uh, they, they may not want to leave their pets, their beloved pets that give them comfort, yes. not leave them behind. Of Claudine, you're, I have to applaud you and your crew because you provide an invaluable service. You guys are on the front lines. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your work. It's... Um, it's a blessing to our society, so uh, we really appreciate what you do. Well, thank you very much, and thank you for having me on the show. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Claudine. Claudine Thibodeau, the clinical coordinator of SOS Violence Conjugale. You heard it here. If you want to uh, donate, you can to sosviolenceconjugale.ca. Coming up, I will answer your question, one about uh, what is a uh, a womanizer, find that out, uh, and more of your texts as well. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Trouble Tuesdays, uh, where you get to vent, uh, ask questions, tell me what's going on in your life. 514-800 to text in or call in at 514-790-0800. Very interesting conversation with uh, Claudine of SOS Violence Conjugale. I want to give out those numbers again. So they have a new chat and text because as you heard, uh, it's been difficult for um, people in situations of violence to make a phone call when their partners are there, the kids are there. So they had to work fast, came up with this chat and text. The, uh, the text number is, uh, let me just get it, 438 601 one two one one four three eight six zero one one two one one. Their regular number, uh, and you can reach them twenty four seven. It's one eight hundred three six three nine zero one zero. Uh, and uh, to chat with them, you can go on their website sosviolenceconjugale.com. CA, and if you're looking for a uh, a charity that you would like to support, then uh, I, you know I recommend uh, this one. I think it's uh, it's great. They do amazing, amazing work, and of course, like every other organization, even those that get some funding, it's never enough to do everything they want to do. 
so there you have it. A couple of texts here. Kids gone back to school. COVID cases on the rise. Flu season upon us. With Legault's latest broadcast, panic will soon be in the air. And with panic, some people lose it and some take it out on loved ones. Uh, sad but true. Uh, unfortunately, in, in many cases, uh, that does happen. And then we got a text from Martin. He says, this is Martin, last week's winner for the sex quiz. I just want to say Louise and Eileen at Luscious Lavender Adult Novelties are an amazing couple. They have a good variety of toys for any fetish, but the best part of my visit was witnessing the chemistry between them. They've been together for over 40 years, but watching them interact with each other had me constantly smiling. I'm going back this week. Uh, So I told you, Luscious Lavender, they um, sponsor our sex trivia night and are a wonderful mom and pop organization, sex toy novelties and lingerie and stuff. So uh, you can check them out on uh, Facebook, Luscious Lavender Adult Novelties and Lingerie uh, on Facebook. Okay, here's uh, an email I got. I looked up the definition of a womanizer, but the person I'm seeing does not fit the meaning but he knows exactly what to say, when to say it, and how to say it. This guy is very kind and caring, but has me caught in his whirlpool and is not looking for a relationship. And I find myself at the point where I just want to be only friends, but when I'm with him, I am instantly seduced by his charm and personality. He is not a player. He is upfront and straightforward. What makes matters worse, I've had sex with him a few times and it is the best sex I've ever had in my life. I am lost as to what to do. If I tell him how I feel, I am afraid he will back away. Well, I think it's important to be on the same page. If you, if this person is telling you, I'm not interested in a relationship. He's, he's being very straightforward. That doesn't take away the fact that somebody can be caring and, uh, and giving, but you have to see where they're at, right? So if he's at a place in his life where he's not interested in having anything serious and you want more, don't just keep going and thinking that you're going to be able to change his mind. I think it's important that you have to be on the same page. If you cannot handle this kind of relationship, which sounds like it's far more of a friends with benefits or a casual relationship, then maybe you shouldn't be in it. I think you have to assess your needs and have a conversation about both of your expectations and if it doesn't fit then move on you can have great sex with other people there are other great guys around as well he's not the only fish in the sea so uh, I think it's something that you have to really think about uh yes what else do i have Uh, last night's show was superb was interesting and fun to listen to i have to tell you during a commercial i got up to get a snack and zap my cold tea in the microwave got back into bed and just got comfy you started reading that poem and that last part about paris i happened to be sipping my tea and i spit it all out in laughter and spilled my tea on my comforter i'm so happy i discovered your show wish it was longer it is informative informative interesting and fun thank you that's so so cute and so sweet uh, hello Dr. Laura. i want to share a positive event from this current pandemic 
I am a gay man in my 50s. I came out 20 years ago, made a small group of friends, which was great in the beginning. However, over time, things changed. There were two guys who constantly dated guys, had sex, then aired their partner's dirty laundry. That's a no-no. I was never comfortable hearing this gossip, always tried to change the subject. But since we have not met in over six months, speaking on the phone allows me to end a call when it gets ugly. Peace and quiet have me appreciating my days even more. Am I wrong about this? Uh, Am I wrong thinking this? Uh, No, you're not wrong thinking this. In fact, a lot of people don't want to just hear gossip about other people. And and, And also, you know, kiss and tell. So what certainly... Imagine if you dated somebody in that circle, like you'd be, oh, now everything I've done or say or whatever is going to be out there. Uh, that's not fun. So gossip is not a good thing. And if and you're perfectly in your right to say, I don't want to partake in gossipy conversations. And you might want to tell your friends like, hey, guys, can we can we talk about something other than other people? you know, or or talk about other people behind their backs. Um, So I think, no, I respect, I respect your position very much so, actually. Okay, I've never been able to find a uh, definitive answer to this question. I've been looking for a long time. A little while ago, my boyfriend made me squirt. I was as surprised as he was. Since then, we've tried different things to recreate it, and it's happened a handful of times. But one of those times, I swear to God, it was pee on the towel afterward. I could smell it. It didn't stink, but there was something there. I've looked at dozens of explanations of squirting on the internet. Most insist it's not pee, but but others claim differently. What is the truth? The truth. The truth is out there. Uh, I'll tell you what I understand. Okay, first of all, I I get your confusion because lots of people can get confused with all the conflicting information that is out there. But I could tell you that most of the research points to the conclusion that the fluid expelled is not urine, even though it does contain traces of urine. It's coming out of the same place your urine comes out of. So whatever's left over in there could, you know, could, could find itself in the uh, fluid that's expelled. The fluid is created by a gland called the Skene's gland during stimulation. It moves through the urethra in the same way that urine does, creating the same sensation as needing to pee, which is why so many women are afraid to let go because they feel like, uh-oh, I got to pee. But it isn't urine. And they've done this in labs where they've had people empty their bladders completely and then they were able to, um, you know, visualize what was going on internally. So the fluid that comes out is colorless. It's rare that it has any color. Uh, Urine has a yellow tinge to it, sometimes darker, sometimes lighter, right? And it does have a particular uh, smell. Some women expel quite a bit of of fluid and other women, not so much. So rather than worry about where it comes from, let yourself go, enjoy the sensation uh, and don't, you know, don't be embarrassed by it. And this is normal. There's nothing wrong. You're not urinating. And I know this is a huge fear for uh, women. And so they hold back 
they're like, uh-oh, no, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to because I don't want to pee. I'm, I don't want my partner to think I've peed all over them. And so they hold back and then they hold back their own orgasm. So think about that a little bit. Uh, let's see, uh, best sex I ever had. That's wonderful, but there's more to your time with him than that. If you want a serious uh, relationship with him, um, well, I, what should she do if she wants a serious relationship, but he doesn't? I mean, I don't know if there's anything you could do to convince uh, someone else. Uh, still makes me prefer to have sex in the bathtub if that's the case. Except that sex in the bathtub, water acts as a drying agent. It makes intercourse uh, uh, very difficult in in water. You actually need to, if you're going to have sex underwater, whether it's a shower or a bath, you actually need to use like a good silicone lubricant you would think that water would be a natural lubricant. It is not. It's actually, it actually dries you up. So, uh, it can make sex or intercourse rather quite, um, uncomfortable coming up your stupid sex story of the day, plus more of your questions answered right now. Let's turn it over to the CJD 800 newsroom. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. From the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. Here's your headline of the sex, the stupid sex story of the day. Woman conflicted after her boyfriend says he wants to sleep with another woman to get more experience. Of course, when people begin a relationship, they don't come to it with identical life experiences, including their uh, sexual history. So this 19 year old woman is having trouble with her 21 year old boyfriend because she has more experience than him. So she turned to, of course, Reddit for uh, some relationship advice. He says he needs more experience with sex and wants to have sex with another girl. I'm hurt, but he says he doesn't want to hurt me, but that he's going to do it. He wants to break up with me and then get back together once he experiences another girl. I've expressed to him how selfish this is, but he says he loves me and he just needs more experience with sex. I think he has an unrealistic view on sex. He views it as he must get even with me. Oh, he wants to even the score. But what do I do? If we do break up and he has sex with another girl, should I take him back? I don't want to break up with him because I love him, but I also don't want to get hurt. What do you think she should do? Let's put it out there. As one uh, person commented, he is literally just trying to justify having sex with another woman. Let him go. Seriously, the world is full of better men than that. Uh, another one says, I tell him, go right ahead. Just don't expect to come back to me. And by the way, I think that that's, that would be the response of most, uh, most people. He wants to match what she has. I guess he feels maybe slightly inadequate. I don't know, but I think that's a stupid way to go about it. Nonetheless, uh, that doesn't sound much like he loves her. According to one person, this is trouble Tuesday. So you can uh, text in your comments, your questions, your thoughts, 
your troubles to me at 514-800 to text in or call in at 514-790-0800. Lots of people send in emails to me as well. If you want to do that, you can go to drlori.com and you can fill out the uh, the form there. It's just the easiest way uh, to get to me. Uh, as for, uh, in answer to the squirting question that we, uh, that I answered, I can say from a guy who loves squirters, it is not urine, not even from the same hole, I believe a towel. What a waste. So it is from the same hole. Actually, it comes out of the urethral opening. So it comes out in the exact same place that urine comes out of. That's why it is so confusing for people, right? And it feels, obviously, if it's coming out of there, it's going to feel like urine uh, for women. So, or like at least like they feel like they're urinating. Uh, pee all over me in the shower all you want. Yeah, that's a whole other fetish thing, excitement thing. Uh, again, squirting is not, female ejaculation is not urinating. It's very, very... Uh, different. I was only thinking about the bathtub because I wouldn't want all that squirting stuff going all over the bed, whether it is pee or not. And that's what towels are for. And in fact, the first time I saw a special, a specialty towel was at the Salon de l'Amour where they have, you know, vendors and stuff. And there was one person selling maybe a few people selling these called wet blankets. And they're basically these blankets you throw onto your bed and you have sex on top of it, but they, they hold, like you could see, they demonstrate how, how waterproof they are. They, they hold so much water. So that is an option. If you know your partner has a tendency to have female, uh, to ejaculate, then just put a towel on the bed. That's it. That's all. Or somebody, or, or have sex in the middle of the bed. So nobody gets to sleep on the wet spot or something like that. Uh, and about the woman and the player question, if the guy is honest about his intentions or his non-intentions, the ball is in her court. Been there. I've heard rumors of people getting stuck while having sex in a pool or a jacuzzi. Uh, it's just a rumor and, and a myth. In fact, one, yes, there's a suction that can happen, but once you lose an erection, that's it. It slips out. So it's a question of losing the erection, right? Distracting yourself or whatever, uh, whatever it is. Uh, let's see. Sham. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. A different kind of sham. Wow. Well, I can understand the feeling of being sexually inadequate. I think this guy, this is the stupid sex story question uh, or situation. I think this guy should want to gain experience with his current partner. A relationship should be built on trust and understanding, right? Yes, right. A relationship is built on trust and understanding. And do you, and, and maybe this is the question out there because there are plenty of people who've only had one sexual partner, but have amazing sex with that one sexual partner and don't feel that they have necessarily missed out on, uh, a plethora of, of, of sex partners, right? Like it, it's not, it, it's not a feeling of, of something missing if they are having really good sex with the partner they're with. But I can throw it out there and see, like, what do you think if you just had that one sex partner, but that 
the sex was really good with that partner. And it's not just the sex that's good. Everything else is good, right? You've developed a relationship with this person. Problem is, is this guy, once he starts going with others, can, will she be able to, um, trust him? Like, is one going to be enough? Does he need two? Does he need three? Like, like where would it end? Right. Uh, dump him. Sorry. He is a moron from, uh, another texter. Okay. I masturbate a lot, like a few times a day. There's rarely a day where I don't jerk off at least once. It's been going on like this for years. I'm dating a girl I like, but I find I just can't come when we have sex. When I jerk off, I watch porn, and I guess I also grip pretty hard. I really like her, and I'm turned on enough to get a boner. I love the language used, right? You know it's not the language I would use. Uh, but it's just not the same sensation that I'm used to using every day to come, so I just can't get there. I'm pretty sure it's just physical, but now that I'm writing this, I worry that it's mental too. Have I broken myself? How can I adjust? So you have not broken yourself. And I do think your assessment of the situation is, is rather accurate. You ha- it sounds like anyway, you have become so used to one particular form of stimulation that is difficult for you to get there, uh, any other way. Suggestion. You have a girlfriend now, Let's see, challenge yourself, try and hold off on your masturbation activities, save yourself, so to speak for, uh, sex with her. Let's see if we can get your body to adjust to new and different types of stimulation. Be patient. It can take some time. I would also ask, reassure your girlfriend that it has nothing to do with her or your attraction to her. Because oftentimes I hear this in couples where, uh, if the, the partner doesn't come, then the other one takes it personally. Like what's wrong? Is it me? Are you not attracted to me? And, and things like that. So generally that has nothing to do with it. So please reassure her at the same time. Coming up a question about, uh, faking orgasm. Passion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. Trouble Tuesdays tonight on the program, 514-800 to text in. A couple of texts here. Uh, Regarding daily masturbation, while I can do it every day, maybe twice if I really want to, I find waiting a few days makes the experience much better. So there's some advice for that gentleman. Uh, another one says, stop jerking off. I guarantee in a week or 10 days, you will explode inside or maybe even pre LOL. Uh, and this texter writes, um, Dr. Lori, I'm a happily married woman. I want to get everybody's feedback on this one too. 12 years, two kids recently got a friend request and message on Facebook from a man who I had an exciting passionate and lustful relationship 20 years ago. It didn't last long, just a few weeks, but my God, you could write an erotic novel based on our short fling. I can't stop thinking about him now. How do I stop thinking of him thinking of the nostalgia? That's the the beauty and the bane of, of nostalgia, right? It can make us feel great and sad at the same time. It can make us feel elated and empty at the same time, right? Uh, 
And if you look at just the research that's done on fantasies, for example, the majority of people who fantasize, fantasize about experiences they've had in the past, not about some stranger on the street, but usually about experiences uh, that they've had. So, you know, I wouldn't, uh, like you might be, treading on dangerous ground if you start up conversations with him and you start reconnecting with him. I think you have to just almost like you're going to have to compartmentalize this. It's like this was in the past. Remind yourself, I love where I am today. Yes, it was great then and everybody has a history and you can have you could have had amazing sex before your husband and there's nothing wrong with that. But remember where you are today. And, um, part of that is knowing that, yeah, it's okay. Like I have a past. I remember it fondly. I remember it erotically, whatever, whatever it is. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's when you pass into the action phase that you start to, uh, tread dangerously, right? So if you start up, uh, a regular uh, conversation with him on Facebook and, and messaging back and forth. And then it starts to get steamy or you start to uh, talk about this, your sexual exploits from way back when, then you're treading dangerously, I, I would say. And that puts you at risk. So why would you want to go there as a happily married uh, person? And, uh, temptation is always out there for everybody. Like nobody can is... is 100% uh, pure in that that way. It's normal that you could be attracted to others. You could fantasize uh, about others. But remember where you're at and remember where you're going and what you want today. So I don't know if anybody else uh, wants uh, wants to weigh in on this. I think it's an, it's an important question. And I'm sure it's happened to uh, many, many people. Uh, block him. This texture writes, get real. You are happily married and do not need past the past going to the present. Nice memories. Leave it at that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think I, uh, I would agree. I would agree. I never ask your girlfriend if she's ever had a man with a bigger penis than you or better sex than you or any of the sort, because it, it all your sexual experiences can be very, very different with many different elements that make it great, right? You could have a, a, a more uh, sensual, uh, romantic, affectionate, caring uh, sex with with your partner, which c- makes it a great experience and not necessarily the same as what you may have had, as she describes, like a, a long time ago, this lustful kind of... Uh, uh, movie-like experience. We can have many different experiences in our lifetime. You don't have to be, the last one doesn't have to be the ultimate best you ever had. It has to be where you feel the the safest and most comfortable and and where you share. Like, there's just too many elements here, right? It it cannot just be about the sex. Um, Let's see. (laughs) I don't think I'm qualified at all to give advice for this woman, but I would try and remember why this past experience didn't last and why you moved on. 
good point. You don't need to be qualified to have an opinion, You're, but you make an excellent point. It's true. There's got to be a reason why you didn't end up with this person. How come you didn't marry that person? You married another person. So you've got to sometimes think of you think because when we get nostalgic, we only think of the positives. We rarely think of the negative aspects of the past. We think of the good stuff. That's what nostalgia is. But then we have to remind ourselves, well, wait, wait a minute. It wasn't perfect. Maybe I've created this perfection in my head, but it wasn't. There's a reason why it ended. Uh, happily married. That means the present relationship has a lot of value and is likely worth keeping and focusing on. So yes, focus on that. Exactly. Uh, another person said, I was just going to say that she has to remember why it didn't work out. Yes. So uh, very, very, uh, very good point. Okay, uh, last question. I think I've got time for this. When I first hooked up with my boyfriend, I faked an orgasm. I was tired, it was late, and to be frank, I wasn't even sure I liked him yet. Obviously, things have progressed because he's my boyfriend now, but every time we have sex, he insists on making me come since he was able to the first time. And so, to not disappoint him or insult him by telling him the truth about that night, I've continued to fake it. It's just basically impossible for me to actually come from sex. And now I'm at the impasse where I feel like I can't even tell him the truth or stop pretending to come. What do I do? He'd be devastated if he knew the truth our relationship would for sure never recover I think that's a problem if your relationship wouldn't recover from this but nonetheless um, what you just described is the exact reason why so many women fake orgasm to protect the ego of their man and or to get it over with right now if you continue to fake it it isn't fair to you or to him. If you continue in this way, you're never going to get your sexual needs met and he will never know uh, what he could do differently. Both of you need to know that 80% of women do not orgasm through sex, through intercourse. So of course this can be very confusing for men if they watch porn because in porn all the women seem to love penetration. The reality is women need that clitoral stimulation to orgasm. So if you don't tell him, how the heck is he supposed to know? I think you need to have a good conversation with him about sexuality. Maybe you can have him tune into this answer here. You can always pick up the podcast, let him, let him listen to it. Read up on female sexuality, share these articles with him so he understands that women need the clitoral stimulation and that he understands why women, you know, you can tell him, I didn't want to hurt your feelings and I didn't want you to think it was you. You know, it's just that, listen, I don't orgasm through intercourse, period. So we're going to have to, you know, work on ways that if, if you want me to orgasm and that's what you want to give me or help me with, then you've got to do it the way that I like and the way that I need. So you got to talk about it. All right, that's about it. I think those are all the questions. Remember, you can send in your questions to me anytime. At the beginning of every show, I do share uh, share uh, these uh, these messages, these emails, and I will answer your questions at the beginning of every show. So send them to me to laurie at drlaurie.com, D-R-L-A-U. 
A-U-R-I-E.com. Thank you so much for spending your time with me. Thank you to Dave Simon, our wonderful technical producer. Coming up next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening. Stay safe and remember to live your life with passion.